<laughs> What's up, guys? It's Pip from The Size Up. We are here uh, in my office again doing another Zoom podcast because, as you know, we can't do anything together, so the studios are closed um, for episode five of The Size Up. So thanks for tuning in. I'm just going gonna, gonna to start this one off with a quote here that I'm pulling from my guest social media, and it says... The day I can't sip my coffee in the morning and watch the sunrise is the day I know my world is truly ended. Until then, I will fight the good fight and I will not fucking, sorry mom and dad, I know you're listening, give up until we are all through this together. And that comes from the IG page Afro Brutality and my guest today who in my world, the guy needs no introduction, but I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, including my parents who are listening to this, are going to yell at me because I just dropped the F. Who is this guy? For sure. Mr. Sin from Afro Brutality. What's up, man? I'm good, man. How are you? We're hanging in there, right? We're hanging in there. We had a little little talk off off the record or off the recording, which we shouldn't have even had because we, we just jump in it. But I've known Sin now for about, I'd say probably five years. We met on the CrossFit circuit. Um, he, he is a described self-made man, is what I'd like to say at least, and he is a serial entrepreneur. Is that a good way to describe you, sir? Yeah, I'm a hustler, man. That entrepreneurship <laughs> is some new shit they came up with, you know what I mean? Just a straight hustler, and his, his company straight is hustler. Afro Brutality. You've been around, you're a CrossFit OG on that scene before anybody even knew what a CrossFit OG was. So let's give me a little background on you and Afro Brutality before we get into the, your mission and then how it's kind of changed with everything going on. Very cool. So, um, you know, I'm a corporate guy. My mother and my mother and father were corporate guys. You know, my mother was the CFO of one of the biggest corporations in America back when she was 30 and probably a little earlier. It was called Digital Equipment Corporation and uh, they were out of Maynard, Massachusetts. And uh, that's kind of where I started with the corporate game. I mean, she would take me to the corporate picnics, the softball games, and I was kind of raised in that culture. Uh, so much so by the time I was like probably eight or nine years old, I started going to her, uh, her job on the summer. I would basically be her intern and I'm sitting there, you know, printing <laughs> checks and doing stuff because, you know, my you know, <laughs> intern, they don't get paid. I, I, I birthed you so that you could work for me, you know? But after a while, man, I, I realized that I was learning like these techniques, you know, whether it was hustling or as they say, entrepreneur of just how to negotiate contracts, how to negotiate anything, whether it was salary requirements, whether it's uh, days at, at the, the job versus days off or, you know, pay time off, whatever have you. So when it was time to kind of go for my uh, corporate beginnings, you know, I started right in the mail room. So I started in the mail room, sorting mail. Then I got my, myself into customer service. I was taking phone calls and then I found myself into direct sales. And uh, once I got to direct sales, you know, and any guys that are direct salesmen, they know that you're basically running your own business. You know, you're getting your own clients, you're prospecting your own clients, you're setting your own times and appointments, you're negotiating your own contracts. I mean, you have price stipulations, but because you're directly working with businesses and representing the business you work for, they give you a lot of negotiation, uh, room to negotiate, whether it's price, whether it's contracts, whatever. So um, 
you know, here I was probably about maybe 30, 32 years old. I was making at least $6,000 a week. And uh, I just didn't care about my health, you know, and that's what I'm calling it now. But at the time, I really didn't know the difference. I didn't really understand that if, you know, I ate McDonald's every day or if I ate, you know, pies on the weekend, you know, and I wasn't necessarily working out or exercising, you know, this might be detrimental to my health. You know, there wasn't it was really calories in about at the time. Calories you know? in were the most important thing at that point. Then. Right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but, um, you know, here I was probably about 35, 36 years old and severely overweight. You know, I was about 315, 20 pounds, something like that. And the body fat percentage must have been really ridiculous. But, you know, it wasn't a doctor that told me to go work out. It wasn't uh, any healthcare professional. It, it really was my mother saying, you know, you, you've got heart. She said it like this. She said, you know, we got heart disease in our family. I was just like, oh, are you trying to say I'm overweight? Like she didn't even, we didn't even have that <laughs> She didn't need to say it, yeah. That's my mother, you know what I mean? That's mom right there. She knows what's heart up. Disease in our family. I was just like, <laughs> oh, what are you trying to say? And, you know, it's your mother. So you're not questioning what she's saying. You're just taking it for a grain of salt and you're eating on it for like six months to figure out, oh, that's what she meant. But uh, you know, I had a friend that turned to me. He was like, Sam, why don't you just come with us to the gym? And then, you know, I, I played sports most of my whole, of my whole life. You know, I played racquetball, I played tennis, I played squash, you know, I played croquet. You know, I'm, I'm, clearly, from, I'm, I'm clearly from the suburbs. So let's, let's, <laughs> let's just, just title me, right? So, uh, and then I, I just kind of had this thing that I turned working out into a sport. And uh, I came across CrossFit right around 2007. And when I saw it, because I've worked with so many startups, because I understood innovation, even though this was a different fitness, I mean, a different genre, meaning fitness, I recognized it's, I said, this is going to be the next thing for sure. I mean, it just had everything you could think of in one little package and you had to learn all these different things to do it. So once I saw it, I, I jumped all over it. And uh, the first thing for me was, got to take this to my community, got to take this to Harlem, got to, got to show them a different way, a better way. And I, it just became my mission to just expose as many people as I possibly could to this thing that they were referring to as CrossFit. And that's how I got started. That's awesome, man. And then, and then when did Afro Brutality come along? Right around that same time? Or was that shortly thereafter? Well, you know, I've been, I've been doing Afro Brutality now since 2008, officially. But when I think about the image, which is basically, you know, a skull with an afro and an afro pick, and most people don't know this, but that afro pick has, has a middle finger coming out of it. Most people don't even see that. And I kind of hid that in there so that they wouldn't know. But In case you, know, you didn't brought, know, that's what you're wearing. Right? You're right. <laughs> exactly. You got a middle finger on your shirt. You don't even know it. Um, but it really came from a childhood shit. You know, I, my favorite comic book was Ghost Rider. And you, if you look at that flaming skull, you know, if you put that, that flame in a different color, it may even be considered an afro. But um, yeah. I just had this vision, you know, I was maybe six or seven years old, and I just saw this, this skull with an afro. And the afro pick was because my hair was always nappy. And it was nappy because I love to swim. And, of course, it's tons of chlorine out there. And once I get out of the dam, out of the, the pool, my hair is nappy as hell. So I get home, my mother's pulling my hair out from the roots, you know, with the, with the, <laughs> I with the stick, Honestly, I don't it, know. Trying to manage it, you know, that's what 
that's where the middle finger came from. We was like, fuck you, Bob, this damn pick, this fucking fucked up pick. I hate this thing. So, you know, it, this, this was a childhood thing. And um, I remember sitting down with my team, there was about five of us, and we would talk about CrossFit affiliate. Should we affiliate and should we do this? And believe it or not, man, even back in 2008, there was still, <laughs> there, was, there was CrossFit politics back then. Oh my God, that. it had to be. It was crazy. But so when I thought about, you know, how I wanted to represent myself and how I wanted to, you know, kind of tell the CrossFit community, which was really small at the time, that, you know, we're in Harlem, we're good with this, you know, we work out in the park or the sidewalk or wherever the hell we could. You know, I tried to come up with a depiction that was just going to scare people when we walked in, you know what I mean? So I came up with, I already had the uh, the image, you know, from when I was a child and then I just didn't, I had to come up with a way to d depict that image or describe it. So I had a list of names, I had like Afro apocalypse, you know, I had Afro, I'll kill you, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but the brutality seemed to mix well. And it was really based on uh, the workouts that I was posting on Facebook. It was like, oh, this is brutal, 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 brutal. Then I just took that as the action word and I, I put it on my first shirt and, you know, the rest is history. And that too, that's when, you know, apparel companies, athletic apparel companies, it was Nike, Reebok, Adidas, and then there were probably a few folks out there more for the uh, the bodybuilding scene. Yeah. But, you know, there were only three of us, man. There was me, and the I was the only one on the East Coast. The other two were on the West Coast. It was Life Is RX, and it was Forged. But I was the only one on the East Coast, and I I realized what I had done when I literally pulled up to Sectionals 2007 at CrossFit Milford. Shout out to Jason if he's listening to this, man. He gave me my first shot. And I pulled up with my car, man, and I sold right out of my truck, man. <laughs> I'll never forget, man. I made five hundred dollars that day, man. I thought it was as they ever, you know, like damn, I made five hundred dollars. <laughs> what are we talking about? But it was just—it wasn't just five hundred dollars. It was, you know, it was five hundred dollars based on an image that I had created, you know, and and put on a shirt. It was, it was, there was just nothing more magical than be able to create something and from a small idea and watch people enjoy it and share it with each other, man. It, it, there's nothing beautiful, more beautiful than that. You know what I mean? Ah, dude, I know. I know. I don't know what you mean about the nappy hair end, but I know what you mean <laughs> about that. Because what we did with, with five, five, five was just the same type of story where we put something on a t-shirt and people loved it. Um, and that feeling was just unreal. You know what I mean? And you just want more of it. You know, like it's kind of like when people say you're chasing a high and you see people all the time in small businesses doing that all over the place, right? They're chasing, they're chasing that, but it's not uh, an easy chase. And if you're yeah, not on your game the whole time. It's, it's, it's a painful one, man, especially when the market changes. Like when the market changes, you're like, what? I'll never forget, man. I finally, because didn't matter what event I went to, man. I sold out. I outsold everybody. It didn't matter what event we went to. I could go to the games. I could go to regionals. It, I could go to any local event. I'd sell everybody out because I knew everybody and everyone knew me because I was one of the first to even do this. But i never forget, man, fucking donuts and deadlifts, man. I said, damn, those motherfuckers outsold me. I was like, oh. With the right socks. Then the the socks. Like, man, I better, I better figure some shit out, man. These fuckers are buying donuts on shirts, man. This is, <laughs> man, what the fuck?
I going to do? Because I'm never going to do that shit. So you know what I did, man? I fucking partnered with them immediately. Yeah. And then we did when a I'm fucking t- donuts and deadlifts, half a brutality shirt, man. Like, what are we talking about? When I went in my drawer of CrossFit shirts, because you have a drawer, I have a drawer of fire shirts, a drawer of 555 shirts, a drawer of CrossFit shirts. I pulled that one out first, the donuts and deadlift shirt. Listen, man. This one once there. they out, this is, you know, this is, this is marketing 101, man. <laughs> if you fuckers get outsold, just fucking play the game with them, man. Because I told her straight up, I was like, you know what? You really don't have any actual designs, you know? You just put a bunch of work. She's right. You know what, Sin? And I made one, man. I made it on that donut day. I think they called it donut day or sure. Everybody's national got a donut day. day or some dumb shit. And then I saw something <laughs> like, I do not or donut this. Or I, have a donut. I said, girl, I got this. And I sent it to her. She's like, oh, my God. I said, here we go. Let's go. And I didn't even charge her for the damn shit, man. I didn't charge her for it. I was like, just put that on everything, man. And that... <laughs> You know, that kept me in the game. That kept me relevant. I was like, thank God, because this was the first company that actually outsold me at an event, man. And it was it was astonishing. That should have never happened before. <laughs> but you did, and you went, and you you knew there was a problem, and you went and fixed the problem. You solved the problem immediately. <laughs> what are we talking? I'm probably going to call her next week just to see if we can reprint that shit. Get <laughs> a throwback going or something. I know, and that's that's a lot of too, and, and we're definitely going to get to this in a little bit. But what people are doing right now, especially in the fitness world, but in every business, if you're not if you're in the in the restaurant business and you haven't reinvented your model, your menu to to serve what's happening today, who knows what's right. going to happen tomorrow? Your delivery system, the way yeah. people can get their food, you know, their pickup system, like. This is that thing where it's just changing all of our lives. I mean, some people are clearly making tons of money, uh, but some people have to go back to square one and figure this shit out, man. And uh, thank God I put my shit online five years ago, man. Like, if I was still at a physical location and I needed people to show up and pay me per month, man, I would be like, what the fuck am I going to do next, you know? Yeah, it'd be rough. I mean, like, it definitely is rough. It's rough for a lot of the people that are doing that, you know, and, and we know a lot of the same people that are in that, that boat right now. Um, where they're like, what the hell are we going to do, you know? But I think a big thing with Afro Brutality and a big thing about having you on the size up with me too is it, it's, just not, it's just not a shirt company. You know, you've always put out, you put out brutal workouts and you've taken other people's workouts and made them even more brutal. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is... Right up my alley for sure, because for some reason that, that I, I was speaking to a firefighter from West Virginia today, and we were talking about brutal workouts and about the mental aspect of why you do them exactly. and comparing that to the emergency services world. And right now in, in society today, you know, EMS, EMTs and paramedics, they are, they are literally the front lines of this. Literally. Like there's not even a, a, anyone can't deny that at all. Um, when it comes to police, fire, EMS, I say fire, police, EMS, just because fire has to go first all the time. But right. uh, I think soon it's going to be EMS, police, fire, EMS, fire, police, because they're really, I mean, I've worked EMS for a lot of years. And right now they're doing triple the call volume. I thought oh, it was a busy yeah. day. Especially in the city, man. I lucked out and um, one of my my athletes uh, her name is you know i call her esco her name is Teresa escobar and uh i don't know if they're fiance now i think they are i think they're engaged but he's ems man he's paramedics he's medical service and i'm 
you know, I lucked out and I was able to do a design for them and I print their shirts, you know, periodically, but you know, I, I was able to reach out like, man, thank you. Like you're doing things. And he's just talking about me. Like Sid, you're, you, you're this, like, please stop talking about me. man. You're out there every day. I'm, I'm in my house. You know what I mean? Like relax. You're doing a lot more for me. You know, you're doing a lot more than, than I believe I'm doing, you know? And he just, those guys are so humble in this one in particular. Uh, his name's Paul, and he just turns it around, but saying, you're doing so much for us. And he's like, okay, man, all right, all right, fuck it. We're, you're going to win this argument, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm just going to stop now. You, but they're going through it, man, you know? Like, if I text him in the morning and don't hear from them until the evening, I'm not even upset. I'm just like, yeah. and he's telling me a bunch of things. I'm just like, listen, man, you got to explain nothing to me. I, I know what you're dealing with, you know? Yeah, they're running, they're running job to job to job. And that mentality hasn't necessarily always been there for, for most EMTs and paramedics, you know, that, that grind, you know, you're, I'm not going to say it because I love doing medicine and medicine's a whole different world, right? But on the fire service, we have a very physical job when we have to go do our job. You know, mm. police officers are, are going hand to hand or doing all kinds of different things with people where on the EMS side, it's a little different. And now a lot of the folks that maybe haven't been preparing for this physically are now <laughs> thrust into it. And so that's right. a huge concern of ours, you know, in, in that world. Um, and when it comes to the workout set that going back to the, the initial question, the workout set that you've always programmed, what's your thought process to all that when you're doing these, these. That's brutal- a great question. You know, I, I, because me and my crew were so strong, we always programmed like brutal workouts that would last like 40 minutes or something real stupid with real heavy weights. You know what I mean? And once we realized we were kind of functioning more like a West side barbell and we'll never get members, we were like, well, maybe we should, you know, I, you know, me being the brains of the bunch, I was just kind of like, eh, maybe I should figure out a different way to approach this. So I realized at a certain point that the weight of the bar doesn't even fucking matter, dude. It's really about, their approach to it mentally, you know, how they navigate, you know, what's really like almost problem solving, you know, like that workout is like a problem that I'm asking them to solve and to ask them to solve either within a certain amount of time, or I'll give you all the time in the world, but your ego is going to kick in and figure out a way to solve that quicker. (laughs) So I just stopped worrying about the weights and started worrying about uh, the time, not necessarily the time domain, but what type of stimulus am I creating? So I remember having a challenge. Um, I forget who it was, man. I'd love to shout him out. It might have been Todd from, um, he's one of those taskmasters from the level, level one certifications. I'm 100% sure, but he's like, Sin, you want to impress me? Give me a three-minute workout like Fran that could just drop you on your ass. So that was my goal to try to figure out how to come up with like a three-minute workout that oh. would just lay you out. And, so I realized that laying people out really became them not necessarily being physically exhausted because that comes second, but being emotionally exhausted or mentally exhausted. That's what usually makes people give up. It's like, oh, this is just totally impossible. I don't want to do this. Or, oh, I've been doing this for so long and now I'm exhausted. But my, I go into it thinking about the stimulus. Like, what, what result do I want out of these people? I mean, of course, I want them laying on the ground and get their metabolism up and, you know, shut up their insulin system and all that. Like, I, I want to figure out how to do that. But I also want to figure out how to program something that looks so horrendous that the mere fact that you showed up to do it, 
<laughs> it's, just, it's just light years ahead of its time, you know what I mean? And it, I started, I'm happy. Mentality, which quite honestly is, you know, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but that's where I'm, that's how it was so easy to transition to more of a motivational thing because you can't imagine the motivation you have to instill in someone verbally to get them to take on something that they believe in their mind, just looking at it, I'm never going to be able to do this. What is the problem with you? Like, <laughs> why have you done this to me? You know, but that being able to get that down to just a few words and a few key phrases or cues to get someone to even attempt this is, is really where I'm at. And that's how I write. No, and, and that for me and for the folks in my industry, you know, in the emergency services fields, you who subscribe to these type of workouts, you know, that's what I want. I want to be at that 38 minute mark and I still have to be thinking in my head, Pip, control your breathing. Pip, take a break now. Pip, think about this next rep. Don't round your back. You know, where physically, I'm a wreck. I mean, like, right. I, I mean, like there's videos of me all over the place on the internet, writhing on the ground, <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to call a problem, wiping off my face, take crying into my shirt, whatever it is. <laughs> right. But I'm thinking in my, in, in my head where you think these things, but I'm telling myself these mental cues to keep me going. And I equate that to my life at the firehouse where if we're at a, at a long job or, you know, I have to think, I have to be a leader for my guys. I'm going to be that physically and emotionally drained while working. So why not train it here in one of these physical workouts? In a like nice, this? safe space, a nice, safe environment yes. where no one can die, including yep. you. And then just equate it to what you're in the field. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And the breathing, like breathing, control your breathing. Like we have uh, in the fire service, we have people that scream on the radio. And, and sometimes I've screamed on the radio. There's definitely times where I've yelled and things got exciting. But I always try to tell myself, like, if I'm out of breath, take a deep breath and talk first and those are things that i'm training when i'm in the gym and in one of those workouts the fast Absolutely. and the furious ones i'm just trying to get through it but right. <laughs> anything, anything over 25 minutes these days for me i'm like i really got to think about how this is going to happen you know when um when ems or paramedics or fdny or or you know nypd came them into my gym i didn't care how much money they had dude i knew i could help them when they were on job, on scene. I knew that. Like I knew I could push them enough and create an environment where when they went on scene, they understood, you know, like they could handle almost anything. So when they came in, man, I was, I damn near was like, I don't care how much money you have, just stay, keep showing up and I'll take care of you. It's amazing, like, and, and thank you for doing that for them for sure. I mean, that, that, I know there's so many gym owners around the country who are the same way. Um, because they, they know that it's a mental game too. You know, the physical, the physicality of our job is there, but the mental game is so important these days. And the stress relief alone, you know, it was a concern before this going on with, with mm. PTSD and with just sleep deprivation. Um, you know, when I, when I met you, when I first started 555, we met at regionals. I mean, I didn't know any of this stuff. I was just a dude who liked to lift, you know, with a, a guy <laughs> from Texas who liked to lift. And we happened to be firefighters and thought this was a great idea. Right. And the things that I've learned about my own self, you know, like being sleep deprived, like, dude, I'm, I've been sleep deprived for as long as I can remember. I just thought it was life, right? Mm. 
And I think the physicality and, and coaches like you and, and being able to work out like this has really helped me, at least in my 40s. It, has. it hasn't been a long time yet, but it's, it's yeah. definitely keeping me going for sure. I'll tell you, man, like it got to the point I was so, you know, intimate with my local precinct that when the inspector showed up, because, you know, I call her Queen Bee, and she was the one that just brought everybody. But it got to the point that she would bring me new recruits. She'd be like, Sid, put them through a workout. Tell me what you think when they're done. And then I be, kind of became like part of her recruitment, you know, uh, the way <laughs> yeah, she yeah, would yeah. screen guys. I would yeah. say, all right, here we go. See what I did when I told him to do that? Did you see the way he responded? Did you see the way he was hesitant? Did you see the delay? Did you see the way he looked at me as a to question my authority? I said, you're going to have issues with him. And then uh, every time she'd come back, be like, damn, son, you're 100%. You're still 10 for 10. You're still 10 for 10. I'm like, bro, I've been doing this way too long. You just have no idea. When you, when you can, and I, you know, my first crew, which was a crew of six people, like, I made them do the most horrendous things you can think of, man, just to, not just, and I did it with them, just to understand human capacity, just to understand uh, humans' mentality when they're faced with something they think is just totally impossible. So I was easily able to transfer that to ordinary people and also kind of provide a service to any any local law enforcement or any any individuals that were on scene that had to deal with stuff like that. So it was really easy to transfer that. It's such an amazing byproduct. It's definitely a byproduct of, of fitness. But with CrossFit, and, and listen, come on, CrossFit is some days people like it, some days people hate it, some whatever. It could be anything you want it to be, right? But when you're it's in the, the community. The, you know, it's, it's the way they hate politics. You know yeah, what I mean? same, like, yeah, same thing. Yeah. Whatever. You can it's hate whatever you want to hate, right? right? But when you're there and, you know, like being coaching for a while, I, I'd meet different people in different walks of life. And they all responded to that same thing that we were just talking about. You know, that, that same type of push. And not everybody gets the same push. Not everybody responds to the same push. You know, you can't scream in everybody's face. You can't, you need. I never did that. I never did the screaming. I would just, you know, I, I grew up debating. I debated in my household. I debated at school. I was on the debate team. Like, I grew up debating. So I would just sit there and just have key words that I would say to them when I understood them. You know, like, oh, this is what we're doing today? Like what's going on you know i thought you were here to do this you know didn't you pay me this month <laughs> you did pay me this month right let me make sure you pay me this month is this how you want to spend your money like i would just be on some realness like i never i never yelled i just i always felt like yelling was for the guys that didn't know how to talk to someone or yelling were for the guys that were doing it for the cessationalism you know what i mean yelling was because it was never productive i mean you know, yeah, if you're at regionals or you're at sectionals and you're like five feet away from someone and they just need that, pick that shit up again. Okay, I, that made sense. But yep. to get, you know, after being, you know, taking people, taking athletes to regionals or taking them to the games and knowing that you, no matter how far, you know, you're so far away from them, they're never going to hear anything you have to say anyways. It just got me, okay, let me figure out more mental cues that I can pass along to them so they can use while they're there. You know what I mean? Uh, cueing, cueing, when you, you deal with people in any level, cueing is key. You know what I mean? And I definitely learned that being a, being a CrossFit coach was how people respond to different cueing. And I took that right over to my job, you know, mm -hmm. right over to how I talk to people in the firehouse or on a call. Or uh, at the time when I was coaching, I was, I was still an active paramedic. 
you know, how I introduced myself to people and how I did things. You have to feed off their energy. And Absolutely. Who knew a gym would teach you so many things? <laughs> you know, like, so true, man. I just like the to way, work you out. Know, I, used to, I used to tell people the way that they are in the gym is the way they are in life. If you're a guy that's going to give me a bunch of excuses, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that, I, get, I guarantee you're going to be that same way when we're outside doing something. Oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. Like, that's how I saw it. And it, it's, it's funny that it transfers over so well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Those are the, the best moments, too, when you had that person, at least as a coach for me, when I had that person that's like, I can't do this. And I'm like, no, you can do it. We'll just work up to it slowly. Like if you had someone that would say, I can't do a squat. All right, well, I'm going to put this box behind you. So just touch the box. You know, it's just like you're, you're going to take a crap. Just sit down on the toilet. And stand <laughs> on something and that's a squat. It was like one of my key coaching things. And, and that's the thing I would tell them too. Oh, I can't squat. My knees are this. I said, girl, you, what, you shouldn't standing up? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> that's I it, right? You can sit your ass on the toilet. What are we talking yep. about? Get now we're going to do it a lot of times, but that's okay. Yeah. And then you'd remove the box and they're like, whoa, I could do this. And then you'd slowly start to add weight and you'd see that change. Exactly. And you're like, dude, this, this, is, this is what I'm in it for. You know what I mean? And I think it transitions really nicely into the other part of effort brutality. And the main reason I think you're on the size up is, is your motivation because it's never changed. At least in the, in the five, six years I've known you, it's, it's, it's always there. You are the most consistent <laughs> social media poster. I mean, the colors change, right? It used to be a black background yeah, with white yeah. writing. I've changed the colors. I've changed the logos. But <laughs> the message is still the same, man. So, so when – so if I go back again, I, I equate everything in my life to having kids in 555. So it's like 555 was – uh, six years ago, we started on Instagram. So did you start on Facebook and then do Instagram next? How did that all come about? That's, that's a great question. Well, you know, 2015 is when I closed my gym. Okay. And I went into the coffee business. And I was doing Afro Brutality. I remember that. I was that, doing yeah. pretty well. But I was just basically running it out of my home. So I didn't necessarily see human beings. And after taking care of 263 members, you know, I was just kind of like, man, you know, what the hell am I going to do next? And I, I just kind of took it as a challenge. I said, okay, now I have to figure out how to motivate the world. Now I have to figure out how to motivate, you know, the country, so to speak. So I started just coming up with things to say, and I used it from other people's messaging or other people's quotes. And sometimes I would just take them and post them. And then I said, you know, this is kind of corny. I remember I, I was researching because I do a lot of research and I do a lot of, you know, behind the office kind of stuff where I'm trying to figure out what to say and when to say it, you know, and I've, I've really developed a science out of it. And I was just kind of like, eh, this is, this is a little too corny for me. I got to figure out how to, how to make this on my own. So uh, I don't know what the leap of faith was, but I kind of started with someone asked me, you know, really early on, they were like, you know, say something that you would say. And then I was like, Oh, well, I would say this, you know, and then it just kind of, I kind of got infected with it. Like, I just was like, let me keep saying this. This is what I would say. This is that dumb shit. Let me say this, man. This is too corny. Let me say something better. And uh, I just became addicted to it, man. But, you know, what's interesting, and I, is this dog in the way? Can you hear that? I can hear the dog, but it's whatever. It is okay, weird I mean, times. I can, I can hear you, so you're fine. Okay. But you would be surprised how many people stop, told me to stop doing it. 
oh, tone that down, sin. What are you doing? Stop doing this. You know, you're never going to get corporate clients. You're never going to this and that. I'm like, you'd be surprised, man. Almost absolutely every single person that knew me had something almost negative to say about it. And I was just like, listen, you just don't get it. <laughs> just, you don't understand what we're doing. You don't and, understand but, what I'm doing. It's okay. And uh, go sit down. But 2014, 2015, you know, that was a time in social media where, I mean, people still get in trouble on social media today, but where people were unsure of, you know, like, I'm not, it was, it was like, I'm not on social media at that point. You know what I mean? Like, this is useless to me because I don't, I don't want to say people were like, I'm better than that, but you know, it was, uh, it was that bad time in social media. It was considered kind of corny to be on social media all day at that time. And yeah. Again, you know, I, I'm at, I had a gym, 263 members. That means, you know, I'm getting calls at five in the morning, you know, the door's locked or, you know, class started, you know, what's going on or this so-and-so didn't show up. So I was used to just being up and, you know, technically waiting for my phone to ring. So I just kind of converted it to something that was a little bit more useful. And I had some time on my hands because at that point I was really con- transitioning into running my entire business online. And I was like, well, here it is. And I could see Instagram. I could see the the point of it and where it was heading. I said, man, I got to figure out how to come up with something consistent. And I started with, you know, like weightlifting videos and stuff like that and, and fitness stuff. And I did like a Monday night brutality thing and a bunch of other things. And then I realized, you know, the, the thing that made it more common was the mentality of, the way people treated fitness or the mentality of the way people approached fitness you know it wasn't it wasn't fitness itself i had to look for something deeper i had to find a connector that was deeper than any any sort of fitness genre and you have you ever repeated i'm gonna ask you this right now because i'm just scrolling through now and i'm like everything you ever did a repeat what do you mean by repeat repeat quote oh yeah, <laughs> ever? yeah man shit what are you talking about they're not all original. Sometimes I'll take something like, yo, I wrote that three years ago. I mean, it plays well, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man, what are you talking about? I just fucking on, I, now, I, I, I can't repeat shit. Like, I can't, you know, everybody, every good business person tries to put the shit on automatic, you know what I mean? Nope. Like, I'm trying to, like, rotate old shit, you know, and see if I can figure out if it'll float. Man, no way. <laughs> I tried one or two old, and they were like, nah, we ain't trying to hear it. We've been followed you for six years or whatever. You said that three years ago. Like, <laughs> and they don't say that to me, man. They show me, in, you know, I'll tell you, man, my audience, you know, on Instagram is probably one of the most critical audiences out there. I don't know if anyone else experiences <laughs> But if I say something they don't agree, man, they will show that they're not with it. They won't just like something because it's Because they're loyal. They're like, no, That's good. I don't agree with that. But if they like something, they go to town with it. But if they don't like something, they will show me, nah, I don't like that saying. That doesn't jive with me. I'm like, Ugh, okay. So they keep me on my toes, man. I, I, I haven't figured out a way to automate that shit. <laughs> I have to literally write that shit every, you know, twice a day, man man i gotta literally sit there and write that shit because they're not going for that you shit i did two three years ago man every now and then if i can figure out the best way to make it all make sense then they'll take it but most of the time i have to write that shit from scratch man they're not trying to hear it that's good then i mean hey you don't have bots following you so you know that much (laughs) exactly not at all man all real that was a that was a fun time in social media when the bots appeared uh, yeah, really. for a little while 
automatic likes and the automatic comments and all that other stuff, man. I tried the automatic likes one. There was, you know, companies calling me and emailing me for days. I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let's try the shit. So I went for the automatic likes and they would give you, oh, give me 17 hashtags or whatever it is. And we'll automatically. That's how I lost my coffee account because I gave it an automatic like thing. And I was like, do coffee. But I had to remember all my stuff is super edgy, man. <laughs> you know, I got I got lines of coffee, like people are snorting it. Like, you know, <laughs> the average mother at home might not enjoy this, you know? And uh, that's how they, they actually closed my account on Instagram and ruined well, my entire coffee business because of that. One of the coffees was like called crack, wasn't it? Or something? Uh, it, was like, it, was, it was black cocaine. Okay. Then I had red devil. You know, they're all named yeah. after drugs. So yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, blue like, magic. Yeah, yeah. Angel yeah. dust. You know yep. what I mean? Like, I was dark, man. You know, I was going yeah. there. You know what I'm saying? So. I bought them. So, I'll raise my hand. Enough, I bought them. I mean. Yeah, exactly. Enough <laughs> soccer moms banded. And they said, we got to get this guy off Instagram. <laughs> and they did it, man. Oh, my gosh. That's. I mean, that, that was part of the social media story. But like I said, man, you've been consistent. I'm just sitting here scrolling and looking at yet recent stuff because, you know, you don't see everything. But, you know, eat, eat cake for fucking breakfast. I'll take it, especially these days right now. Because trust me, <laughs> my kids could have cake for breakfast at this point, man. We're, we're <laughs> I mean, before all this hit, I was starting to do what I call a hump day, chal- a hump day challenge. So I would come up with stuff like, you know, make your, make your partner come first this, today or something like that. Like... You know, sex for pre-workout or post-workout or, you know, like, you know, I was really trying to, because sometimes I come so heavy, man, that, you know, I want to try to figure out a way to balance that. But, you know, the way people are right now, man, they just want, they just want to complain. They just, they just feeling terrible. They're stuck at home. And, you know, I really do what I can to try to lighten up the mood, but it's, it's tough, man. People really want to be in their feelings. They really want to express how they feel i mean these <clears throat> these are people that have never been home this long these are people that are used to working you know sun up to sundown and getting a little bit of sleep and then back to it again so it's it's messing with people psychologically you know i think i think that's going to be another thing that we're going to see in the next coming weeks here especially in our area you know in the northeast where this has all kind of started you know we've been we've been here my kids are home now three weeks with me you know what I mean? Like, so uh, eventually people are going to start to crack, you know, I don't know how long they can take it. And then that's on top of the fear, you know, yeah. just the fear of, of the unknown. And, you know, is this going to end? You know, one, one, one day someone said we were going to be back open by Easter and the next day he changed his mind and said, uh, May 1st, you yep. know, like, so I got a guy from, uh, I got a guy in, um, Kansas city that said June 30th. Yeah. Uh, th- th- those are June 30th. I'm like, whoa. I mean, a, a little positive to us is if we are ahead of this and it all happens to us right, first. We'll be the first one out. <laughs> we'll be the first one out, yeah. <laughs> first one out. First one out. First in, first out, right? Like, first win, same. first out. Exactly. You have to hope, you know, and, and again, that, that's all hope. So, so staying as positive as you can with this and, and being real. You know, I don't think – I think that's something that for you, you know, there's definitely – I've seen you put out some controversial stuff over the years and you were not unapologetic about what you said or why you said it. You know, sometimes maybe you were like, well, maybe I said that. Maybe I was a little off on that one, let's say, or something along those lines, right? Sorry, my opinion while I was typing, my my mind got the best of me there, right? But 
staying consistent through all that, there's going to be loads of people that are going to feed off that. And they're going to need it, I think, you know, yeah. so to think I'm about a morning cup of coffee, man, you know, I had to respect that, you know, like the people around me that don't run their business on social media, they just like, you're always on your phone. You're always on your phone. Like, and then I, sometimes I, I take time to explain to them, like, first of all, I come from corporate America where at the time before the smartphone, we had a laptop, we had a Palm Pilot, we had our cell phone and you were checking all that shit. You know, you had to go to your laptop to, to put your appointment. You had to sync it to your Palm Pilot. You had to sync it to your Blackberry, to, you know, like yeah. people need to understand, like it, to me, this is a, this is a pleasure that I've got one source of information that I can just look at and deal with, you know, time and time out. But, you know, I had to respect this, you know, when people started, once people started recognizing me in the street, man, I was like, fuck, man, I, I done did some shit, you know? Was <laughs> <laughs> they taking pictures of me? Like, you that guy? You're the like, guy. Yeah, I'm that guy, you know? You know, can I get a, yeah, of course, you get a picture, you know? Like, I had to start respecting the fact that, you know, this was bigger than me, you know? And I always, I always knew Avid Brutality was much bigger than me, but I, I, I couldn't necessarily, it wasn't tangible enough, you know? My, my, my audience is international so I, I wasn't able to like talk to them every day or see them or whatever but you know once I hit the Instagram and, and everything became a little bit more local and centralized and people you know saw me in different places and could recognize me you know they, they would take their time to tell me well you know you did this for me or you did that and I started getting the DMs where it's like you know I was thinking of suicide once I got the first suicidal one man I was just like okay this is not a this is not a game it's real shit gets real yeah not a game yes like i gotta treat this seriously man but because once people start dming telling you you said this and this kept me from doing that you're like wow like i have to treat this you know with a certain amount of respect i i can't just think that oh i'm on social media i'm on my phone like you know people don't know what that's like the average person doesn't understand what that's like that you could say something on Instagram, that's how you feel about some shit, and it saved someone from taking their life. Like you're just like, whoa, man, that's that's something that it's some even hard shit. to explain. It's some heavy yeah. shit. Yeah, it's hard it's to try to explain to someone, man. That oh, you know, I got my first suicidal DM, man, at least three years ago, and it really just changed my life. I was just like, wow, you know, here I am, just thinking I'm talking shit, and people are actually listening to this because you know. And then I had to psychologically get into why are people even listening to me? Like, what is it that I'm saying? But, you know, the number one thing, and you even brought it up, was the fucking consistency. The yeah. number one thing was, is the consistency. Like, I'm not on some flip-flop. Like, you could go through pages from years ago, and I was saying the same shit, you know, damn near 10 years ago that I'm saying right now. And, you know, that type of authenticity from my understanding, you know, from the people that tell me, it's just super rare, man. People are doing it for the money or they're trying to figure out how to get money out of it. Honestly, man, I've, you know, I've made a lot less money than I have uh, in previous years. And morally, I'm okay with it. You know, does it, does it mean I can't drive this or do that? You know, listen, I'm all right with that. You know, that, that part of the game I'll figure out, you know, but for me, I've got to keep that authenticity. I got to keep that consistency because it's it's what's got me here so far if that makes sense yeah and so many people appreciate you for that you know what i mean because even 
if, if I'm wearing your shirt and someone says something, I'm like, oh, you know, sin. And they're like, no, do you? And I'm like, yeah, that's my boy. I'm like, yeah, I thought everybody knew him. I mean, you follow him. Don't you know him? Like he knows right. from what anytime I've ever been with the dude, he knows everybody in the room. So you must know him. But it's those things that they, they look for that, you know, and, and it's crazy because we talked about you coming on the size up even before everything happened just because of your positivity. So seeing all this go on in the past month in, in society and you just staying consistent, like I'm finding myself looking for it again, too, just to see it every day to be like, yep, I'll keep moving on today. We're going to we're going to homeschool today. You know what I mean? We're going to we're going to see what's up. Like right now, there's a little guy who wants to peek in on the podcast. Come here. Come here, come here. You can jump in. Come on. No, you can. You can jump in. Come on. Say what's up real quick. This is my man, Finn. Say hi to Mr. Sin. Hello. What's going oh, on, Finn? Show him your haircut. Oh, my God. Are you really following that trend? He's following the trend, Sin. Are you following that trend? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Get out now. <laughs> Get out now. <laughs> His, uh, well, his hair is super long now because we can't get it cut. Only can dad tell, could shave can his tell. sides. I'm not, I don't got anything with the scissors, man. Right. Even me. <laughs> I'm, I'm like slick back like Jimmy Neutron these days because I, yeah. I got like a Glenn Plake, dude. It's going to be – that's what I'm going for at the end of this is a Glenn Plake mohawk. Like it's going to happen. Nice. Um, but, but those are the things that like everybody's looking for, I think. I think they're, they're looking for positivity more than T-shirts. You know what I mean? Like, the, I really I think your company's changed. Yeah, I couldn't be the T-shirt guy, man. I remember, you know, 2017 is when I did that BuzzFeed feature, and I have it as a link now on, on my uh, Afro Brutality page so anyone could see it. But once they approached me and started talking about, you know, NBC called me about fitness shows and stuff, I was just like, whoa. You know, I, I can't just be the, the gym owner that does shirts, you know, like I've, I've got to come for something bigger, man. I got to represent something bigger. Um, and I had to make that pivot. I mean, I was pushed into that, but to a certain extent, I welcomed it. You know, I always welcome new thoughts, new ideas, new things, new challenges. I, I never want to just be considered one thing. You know, I want to be as multidimensional as I possibly can. You know, I, I get one good shot at this. And the fact that, you know, even 10 years later, we're still, you know, or 12 years later, we're talking about this. It's like, man, fuck, you know, I, I don't see it like that because you're in it every day. You know, I'm living minute by minute. I'm living hour by hour. I'm, I'm always constantly trying to figure out what's the next thing I can do. And it's only times like this, you know, when I'm, I'm talking to someone that's known me for a while that I'm like, man, you know, I. I guess I did that, you know, I guess. It's I guess crazy, I man. Think, here, here, I'll blow your mind with this one. Think about how many people in, in your time span of doing this have come and gone. You know, gym owners that are now selling insurance, you know, t-shirt vendors that who knows what they're doing, you know. Uh, man, you'd be surprised. I had some heavy hitters, you know, guys with more money than me, guys with budgets and business plans and business loans that, you know, would come toe to toe at events with me and I'm, I'm just, you know, humble as ever, you know, I'm, I've never been that guy to just be like, throw it in your face, you know, like, I'm just like, fuck man, come on, let's get that money, you know, mm -hmm. hell yeah, I'll, I'll partner with anyone, I, you know, you know, within reason, but you know, <laughs> for the most part, I'm not just going to be like, oh, I'm, I'm better than you because of this or that, man, I just, I can't feed into that energy, it's really not who I am. 
So, I've, you know, you're bringing up a great thing. I'm just like, man, how many, even if I'm, I'm, I might take time after this to go Google and see you, what was that guy now? What's he doing? <laughs> what's up with that, you know? He used to be a real good competitor. Let's, yeah. you know, what's up with that now? But, yeah, man, that's a great point. That's a great point. Dude, it's, it's, it's unreal when you think about it, you know? And I just think about some of the events we were at together and companies that I remember hanging out with there and, and talking to or even people we worked with with, with 555 that are just, I don't know, even know where they are anymore um that's crazy man so i think with, with that kind of a thing too though so what what's some advice for some business folks out there right now how to repivot you know how to take what they're doing and have that mental attitude to get through this i mean i equate what i've done to being able to attach it to very personal things in my life you know something that i saw as a child you know music i grew up with you know i've made iron maiden designs i've made Black Sabbath designs, you know, like I'm, I'm really just being as I'm, you know, I'm being as vulnerable as possible, you know, to a certain extent, I'm putting my entire life's journey, you know, whether it's online or on a shirt or whatever, like I'm really giving of myself for people to get something out of it and do it for themselves. You know, for someone that's getting into this, I would say, yeah, you know, go for where the money is. That's fine but still figure out a way to make that yours, you know, try to figure out a way to make that a personal venture or something that you can do because, you know, mixed what you, what you just said with this question, man, these guys were just in it for the business. They weren't necessarily giving back. They weren't necessarily being vulnerable. They weren't necessarily talking about themselves. They were doing algorithms or they were doing Facebook ads and, you know, that's not the way. You know, and regardless, that's the way to quick money. Yeah, and you may make it for a few months or you may make it for a few years. But, you know, can you be here or be on a podcast anywhere and say, have some, have the host say to you that you've been consistent the whole time I've known you? Or you can sit here and I can sit here and say, you know, I've been doing this for 12 years. Like, I can, I can almost guarantee you, man, I, there's not many businesses within or without CrossFit that could say they have been in here the entire time, man, 12 years. Like, yeah, there's got to be. Where did that come handful. from? Yep. You know, listen to some of the things I said. I, I said, I know this is going to be the next thing. So I recognize the, I, I recognize the business opportunity because I'm a business guy at the end of the day, but I took it to my community, you know, not to make millions of dollars, but to just, kind of figure out what they thought about it you know what I mean like some of my best business ventures were just based on curiosity or or based on I wonder if this is even viable you know a lot of people kind of invest this and do their business plan here on a hunch or this or that but they kind of leave it there they don't continue to just look at it like a child you know like oh man this is this is fun or this is cool. It's got the blue buttons, you know, like, yep, let's try this. Let's try necessarily that. trying to uncover that they're trying to get to the point of automation so that they can make money and be on a boat, but they're not going at it. Like, okay, I'm going to do this for 12 years, or I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. How am I going to do that? You know? So it, it requires more than a business degree. It requires more than Facebook ads or Instagram ads, it actually requires a piece of yourself. And that's something I, you can't teach. That's something you can't read about, you know? And that's something that either you, to a certain extent, have it, and that's who you are, and that's who you've always been, or not. <laughs> 
a, a very easy way to put it. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, and, and that's it. It's either you have it or you don't. And I yeah. think right now, a lot of business owners are in that like, oh boy, did I have that phase. You know, when I, when I saw CrossFit gyms, CrossFit boxes, we have to call them boxes still, I guess, right? But or even any gym, they're renting out their equipment or loaning out their equipment. So their members smart. are still paying, Super smart. right? You want to keep your members paying, you have to do something for them. So you have classes on Zoom, you take all your dumbbells and your medicine balls and anything, an assault bike. Hey man, you want an assault bike for a week, it's, it's your part of your membership dues. You just got to bring it back next week. Perfect. Or we'll freeze your dues and you pay 20 bucks a week for the bike. That's we'll, smart. Right? That's, that's going to keep those, smart. Yeah, that's going to keep creativity, those people. Creativity is definitely part of this. Like just, you kind of have to never, you know, I'll tell you this, I'll share just a small story. Like, you know, when I was making the most amount of money, it's when I was the, le the least creative. Like, I just got comfortable. You know, I got a nice car, got a nice chick, my house is cool. You know, like, I was just like, all right, this is cool. And not only that, man, I was complaining. You know, I was complaining. <laughs> like, oh my God, these members, these members who are paying me this money every month, man, they're just complaining about it. You know, like, you know, money to a certain extent, once you reach a level of money, man, you just, you just kind of get comfortable to it. You get used to it, but it also stunts your creativity it stunts your drive so a lot of people that you know especially now that i know it's like you know they're just always striving to be better they're always striving for that next challenge regardless of how much money they have they're always looking for that next challenge and i actually because of the money i made i kind of wanted to do it in reverse i'm like okay how much can i do with no money <laughs> how much can i accomplish with no money right and then i started lecturing people on you know what are your hobbies? Like, what could you do at home if you had absolutely no money? What could you do every single day consistently with absolutely not a dollar in your pocket? And essentially, this is who you are as a business person. This is who you are as an individual. This is what you're bringing to the table. And if, you're, if you write on a piece of paper absolutely nothing, then guess what? This is what you have, absolutely nothing. Because if it takes money or millions of dollars or thousands of dollars to do what you need to do or want to do every day, you're bringing absolutely nothing to the table. You're not bringing innovation. You're not being creativity. You're bringing money to a situation to make more money. Like yeah. that's never been me, dude. It's just never been me. You know what, you know what I've been doing? I mean, I, I, I'm very fortunate. I'm still, my job still needs me. So I'm still going getting paid. My wife is in healthcare. So she's still going to work and in a very dangerous environment, but still getting paid. But we haven't been spending money because we can't go anywhere to spend money. Right. So I've been spending a large portion of my day in my deep backyard, cutting down weeds that lead to a stream. So we have this waterfront property and because, I'm like, ooh. it's, it's, it's not really anything special. It's, it, there, there's a little lake back there, but like, and, and you just said that, right? Like, what do you do when you have no money? But right now, what do I do? No I money. This is what I'm doing. I'm working in my yard and it's strangely, strangely satisfying to me now, like seeing the progress and the mental stress relief of being out there with some tunes blasting and just working that it's like my new go-to for the moment you know what i mean so it's, it's these people that are doing that same thing that are reinventing themselves and acting like they have no money or they may not have money the people that, I that think are, are freaking out i mean the guys that are freaking out you know just no disrespect to anybody you know losing their business or job or whatever but the guys that are freaking out were just putting money into a business to create more money so they weren't necessarily doing anything creative. 
They weren't doing anything innovative. There may not have been a community aspect to it, which would just motivate the entire situation. You know, now they're panicking because now their automated business is no longer automated and they might actually have to come up with some shit that might actually work. You know what I mean? And that's making people freak out, you know, let alone people hate change or people hate having to be discomfort for a while, like, you know, let alone all that. I mean, at the end of the day, again, you know, what can you do for free? What can you do without no money at all? You know, and I developed my linguistics. I developed, you know, my negotiation skills. I developed, you know, uh, different ways to deal thing, do things on the app, whether it's creativity, whether it's designing, like, these are things that I can do for absolutely free, which means I could do it for the rest of my life because I don't need any money to get it done. Yeah. I mean, that's so, it's so clutch right now because everything is so tight and everything is so scary and, and just different. And when you're seeing small businesses by me, I mean, like smaller restaurants are flipping the switch and doing Grubhub delivery and doing curbside pickup Very and smart. doing, you know, like it's even like the breweries, you know, and, and so, uh, just big business bullshit. But two weeks ago in Jersey, a law got, well, uh, an executive order got passed that breweries couldn't deliver beer, mm. but the big bottle company still could. Mm. Right. So just, we, we're not going to call anybody out or I'm not going to say names, mm. but you know, mm-hmm. but then all those small businesses got together and were like, no, no, we vote too. And I think two days later, that executive order got wiped out. And now That's these breweries, they're delivering door to door. You know what I mean? Like they're keeping their people working, they're making That's money beautiful. and they're doing what they have to do. And they will bring you beer to your house, which is kind of cool. And, a lot and of another things. thing, you know, you brought up one other thing, it's value. You know, I I found myself in a conversation with, you know, personal trainers, you know, they text me, I know most of them in the city. And they're like, I don't know what to do. This might be a good time for me to work on my business. This might be a good time for me to develop a business, blah, blah, blah. And I kept telling them, create value, 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 value. I was damn near saying it on text message over and over again with the capital letters, like value, value, think value, value, like you're in a very competitive space. The only thing that's going to separate you is the value that you bring to the table. And if unfortunately you have no value, then that's how far your business will go. But if you can create that value to the next, not the value in your head, all of us think we're the most valuable things on the planet, (laughs) but the value that the next person that, that can experience can tell another friend or tell two friends or whatever it is, you can create that value and that experience of value and they, they can feel it then that's transferable, you know, more than money. Uh, It's just like you said in the opening quote, you know, when we get through this together, I'm going to remember those people that created value during this time. Definitely. Like, I have a list going, I should just start writing it down because it's just stupid to not write it down. But, you know, (laughs) people that I'm watching do things in ways that I'm like, this is amazing. You know, you're a game changer. You know what I mean? Like, you're really stepping up to this. And you... I know that some of the people that I know that are doing it aren't really well off to begin with. You know what I mean? They're not this, they're not Nike. I don't know. I'm going to pick on Nike because exactly. I said it already. Right. But they're not this major company. Um, and I'm going to remember that. And even talking to some of the emergency services vendors that I deal with through five, five, five things that I work with larger ones, you know, and how they're retooling their lines. It's still important what they need to make, but they're making the more important stuff right now. 
I'm gonna remember all those things and the Absolutely. people that didn't do shit for anybody. Jack shit, jack shit. Like there you go. Like yeah, I'm not gonna support them anymore. You know, I'm gonna go to that guy who's the little place in my town that's still selling food six hours a day. You know what I mean? Like and even, that's what even, you need to. Even in my business, you know, you know, I did Fashion Week last year, and it, you know, it brought in a different level of let's say apparel for the, you know, for lack of a better word, then I started getting calls from hospitals, you know, Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? So now I'm, we're sourcing different fabrics and trying to figure out what seamstresses can do this and do that. And because I have, you know, friends and family on the front lines of this, whether in the healthcare, whether like yourself or, or dealing with emergency services, you know, I'm like, okay, what does this work? They're sending me saying, if you do this, this will work. If you do this, this is what we're seeing. This is what we're seeing. So, you know, now I'm again going to be able to serve a part of my community, a different part of my community, but still part of my community. And something that I used to do years ago, which is apparel. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing to have that opportunity and for people to give me that opportunity to uh, rise to the occasion and just really show what I'm made of, you know? Dude, it's like the other, and I, I had to go pull it up just to make sure. I, I mean, I knew it was you, but masks before it was cool, you know, on your, your <laughs> exactly, personal page there, exactly. right? Like, and a dude, a dude made a joke about like, oh, when are you going to make 555 masks like that? And I'm like, we did that like four years ago, man. We, we had exactly. with, like, I'm like, I've been there. I did that already. I'm not doing it again. You know what I mean? But, but that's it. You know, it's using whatever you have that can, that can help the greater good. And if it's, Nobody needs shorts right now. They need some kind of a facial covering. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's just going to keep changing. And it's so amazing to see businesses like yours and a lot of the other ones stepping up. I mean, honestly, I don't think I've seen anybody not step up, let's say, like, or, or do the exact opposite. You know what I mean? Like, like mm. just trying to make money to make money right now. But I've right. seen a lot of people not doing anything. Is that a good way to put it? Mm. You know, like. The perfect way to put it like business as usual for them still. And it, it, I'm starting to question it. Yeah. I'm starting to wonder like, you know, and, and even when it comes to donations, I, I couldn't tell you where to donate money to, you know, we, we shut down as five, five, five with, with asking for money. Cause that's not important right now. Um, right. But people donating to their local hospitals, you know, when you see a, a business, you know, showing up with masks cause they have seamstresses, that's amazing. Right. If like, you can't, if you can't look at what's happening right now and damn near be in tears, and damn near be in like, what can I do to help? You're just a fucking piece of shit, man. It's a pretty easy Period. way to put it. <laughs> Period. You are a fucking living piece of shit. You know you what know, I mean? I, wonder... like, I, I, I just can't imagine living like that, man. What the fuck? I, I wonder how many shuttered businesses, and again, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but like big businesses just have cases of toilet paper sitting in a storeroom oh because normally God. they would need them for their business, right? And, and you're like, you know, fire departments and police departments can't source toilet paper, but you probably got a storeroom oh full of it in your office building. Oh my God. That hypocrisy right? like, is think, crazy, think, man. Right? Because we're getting to an... Crazy it's getting to the point where like, you know, we, we have to source that stuff too. So if nobody else can oh, source it and we can't, you know, where, where oh are we going to get that from? Oh um, my but, God. I hate hearing And this. you think, but you think there's, there's office buildings out there that are, no one's oh. going to them right now. And yeah. they, they've got it right in the basement or in the storage yeah. room. Imagine oh if they pulled God. up to a hospital with that or up to oh a nursing home God. or 
I can think of loads of places besides a firehouse or police station or EMS station. Um, Absolutely. Which has been amazing for us too. And, and being, you know, in New Jersey after 9-11, we, we saw a lot of this type of thing happening. Um, but, you know, restaurants just dropping food off. Yesterday, the, I worked two days ago now, the shift that worked yesterday, a local restaurant just showed up with lunch. Uh, we had it the other day from a different restaurant. You just, just see that, beautiful. which is awesome. Yeah. It's, it's truly, it's truly getting through this together. And yeah, you had talked a little bit before about people stocking up on things just to be safe and be protected before we, we, we went recording. Yeah. I think we're past the stage of the zombie apocalypse is coming. At least I hope we're past the stage of the zombie apocalypse is coming. My son made uh, uh, what's it, origami nunchucks the other day, though, just in case zombies come for us. We have <laughs> I think we're past that and I, I think we're really getting to a point where people are seeing we can do this together you know social distancing you don't need to be out all the time you know at least that's well, what I'm saying. you're a little bit more north of me but it's it's um it's we're not there yet we're not there no, yet no we're not there yet but we're, no, getting, we're I, I feel like we're going yet. that way well, my, uh, you know, I follow one guy on Instagram, or he follows me, you know, I kind of keep it as much mutual as I possibly can. He makes bullets. So guess what? Every other post is about this person got robbed or this, this place. Yeah, man, he's, he's, he's promoting the fear because that's how he makes his money. And then right after that post, they're watching this machine make bullets. I'm like, you know, I talk to those military guys, man, and, and, you know, my, my main guy, which is Johnny Payne, like he, you know, he gives me the reality of it. And he's like, Sin, you know, there's a part of us that wants shit to go wrong so that we can go outside and, and do what we're known to do. Do your job. You know yeah, I mean? do your job. Do their job. And, yeah. you know, it's just like, fuck, man. And it's, it gets to the point where we just have to make sure that these guys, I check in on them as much as I can. And just say, listen, man, let's just relax. You know, everything will be fine. You don't have to go there or go here. But, you know, how are you today? You know, how's everything going? Like, sometimes just, just checking in those types of guys and just saying, hey, how are you? And, and that sort of thing. Even if they don't reply, even if they don't get back to you, man, sometimes they can't ignore that you reached out. They can't ignore that, you know, you're thinking about them or you told them they loved, you love them because they put – They've given me so many <laughs> different, th you know, thoughts and scenarios way before this happened. You know, yeah. one of them, one of them being like, "Sin, you know, we're the guys you really should check in on. Like, <laughs> we're the guys that could hold up the the Federal Reserve and you know have make it you want to be with us covert operation. <laughs> exactly, you want us on your side. Trust me, like." you don't want to mess with us. Like, you know, you, you sent us out here to do this and, and we came back and we were successful, but you know, we still have that energy. We still have that. And and the second thing he laid on me, man, which is soup, you know, he, he laid on me a bunch of shit and his name is Jason, man. He was like, sin, you know, there was a time something blew up in front of me and I was out for who knows how long. And he said, you know, as the impact was happening, he knew he was dead. Like he was like, I know I'm dead. I know I'm dead. You know, and he was at peace with it. Then when he woke up, he said, sin, you have no idea what that's like to have given up on, you know, your life or felt like your life is now totally over and you wake up. And I was like, oof. 
He said the rush he got from that, man, is something no drug will ever be able to top. And it was just a complete and total release of his spirit or his, of everything and was ready to go. And then he woke up and I was like, wow. So, you know, it's, it's, yes, I think the hysteria has, has kind of, you know, leveled off, you know, let's get out of this as fast as we can. Uh, so people don't start going back to that or, or people let's, let's make sure we don't do something stupid. Like, you know, breaking the store for toilet paper is I'm dumb, you know, like, let's make sure we're all checking in on each other, man. Cause we all know each other. There's that six degree of separation that we all have. And let's check in on everybody, man. Don't take anyone for granted. Just check in, say hello, see how they're doing. Even if they say, yeah, I'm checking in me in three years, whatever. I'm checking on we you now. We have the technology. <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, how simple. And is I that? tell people, man, I tell people all the time, if I think about you for more than a millisecond, I'm texting you. Like if it's a millisecond, okay. And that's all it takes, man. If a thought of you comes in for a mil- oh, okay, I'm checking in on you. Like, that's just how it is, man. And if we can live like that as a community, you know, and as a nation, man, we'll pull through anything together. That's it's crazy too. And this, uh, this is going to get a little weird, I guess now even weirder than everything, but like you and I don't talk very often, but I'll check in on you every other month or vice versa. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is, it's just like, yo, what's, I saw your post. What's good. Or like, you all right. I I saw your post. Are you all right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And and that's the thing. That's a touch point, you know, liking something or commenting something. That's a touch point too. You know, it doesn't have to be intimate where we're going to dinner all the time. Like it could just be, (laughs) Or I like something or I commented on something or I text you like, you know, it, we have enough technology in front of us, man. We can, we can figure out a way to stay in contact with the people that matter to us. Yeah, and it's not like you're doing shit right now anyway. Most, of the, most people like, you, doing like this, that's it. <laughs> I'm homeschooling doing and shit. doing yard work and going to work and pounding beers, watching Netflix, exactly. watching <laughs> So listen, Sin, man, I kept you for a little over an hour. That, that's usually where we cut these things. Um, that's fine. But I'm super stoked we got to do this for sure. And, and like I said, oh, we're going to do it in person. So there's definitely going to be a volume version two or episode two follow-up after we get through all this craziness. Perfect. Um, I appreciate you giving me your time because, like you just said, you're not doing on, shit. Anyway. You've, been, you've been to my house. You know how this works, <laughs> man. It's all good. I appreciate it. But let's let everybody – who in size up land, including my parents, who've now heard me curse on my own podcast. Uh, <laughs> don't know where Sorry, again, mom and dad, you know, 41 years old, still can't curse in front of my parents, but. Um, <laughs> so I'm right there with you, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, well, you're, we'll, we'll end that one there, but let us know. Uh, <laughs> let everybody know where they can find you out there, because you got a couple uh, of Always, friends. you know, always after brutality. And then that's, you know, that's on Facebook, that's on Instagram. Um, on TikTok, believe it or not, whatever. TikTok, um, oh boy. And I haven't done anything with it. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, man. <laughs> Good, let me know when you figure it out. The Chinese figured it out. Like, they own it. Now it's it's <laughs> it's damn near national security that we don't use it. Like, okay, whatever, man. Come on, get out of here. But uh, that's it, man. You know, uh, I do skateboards, of course. You know, that's just the next generation uh, of yeah, gotta get we need back. to talk about skateboards, man. That's your last. That's been the re- most recent iteration of Afro Yeah, you know, my right? my son now lives with me because he's twenty four, 
Um, so he's been living with me for do. almost three years, and that's just, this is what they do, man. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, if this is what you do, I got to get into it, you know, <laughs> like the businessman in me. And then I, you know, I go back to the '80s when I did skateboarding. But uh, yeah, man. So after brutality, you know, I'm all over the map with that. So you can whatever you need, Sweet. you can and, get and from that source. And if you haven't picked it up yet, he he does his own social media. So there's no no one else there doing it. It's all him. No bots. I'm right. No, no bots. Myself. None of that the stuff. The spells are mine. The bad grammar is me. You know, don't worry about it. <laughs> Did a grammar police come after you too? Oh my God, you have no idea. They kill me. I, so if I misspell something, dude, I'll tell you. Within two <laughs> minutes, I've got about three comments. Ah, that, that. I'm like, oh my God, can you please leave me alone? <laughs> and they push me to the point of delete it. Someone will ask me, could you please delete that and respell that so I can repost it? I'm like, oh my God. So I can repost it. I don't want yeah, your man. ill grammar, sir, on my page. And then if I, if I misspell something, I, and then, you know, I've got bigger accounts that repost me. I'm like, hey, listen, man, I'm sorry. They're like, Sam, what are you talking about? We didn't even see that. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I, I got a bunch of messages, you know, like, they're making me super apologetic, but uh, you just gave me another another podcast idea that that really has nothing to do with the size up. But I'm gonna take some social media folks like you and and some of my other friends out there and and send them a bash session on a podcast of talking about what people say to you on social media. <laughs> when you want to have a whole podcast on DMs alone, man. Yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> when, when they slide in. Ugh. Well, listen, oh, man. It was sorry. great having you, man. I appreciate it. it was great catching up with you. Thank um, you, man. No, no. Thank you for the time. Uh, again, I want to thank National Fire Radio for, for producing the size up. Uh, don't forget to check them out. They're putting out a lot of content now, too, because we're all on the Zoom platform. Uh, to Julie and Pete from Rush the Bus, our other uh, partner podcast out there on the front lines and in, in the NYC working as paramedics, man. Those guys are just uh, they're top notch in the game right now. So check out Rush the Bus. Check out uh, National Fire Radio. Uh, this episode of the size up is it should be out soon. And episode ooh, next one will be six because six comes after five. We'll be dropping in, in about a week or now too. Uh, so check us out and I'll catch up with you guys soon. Have a good night.